Welcome back to the Straight Talk Sports Podcast. This is episode 29. I am your host, Jack Barlow. I know it has been a while, but some things happened in the uh, off-season here. We have lost Jacob Muff, unfortunately, and we now have Pearson Butler on board with us. So, Pearson, how you doing? What's up, Jack? Great to be here. Uh, I'm sure Jacob Muff did a good job before, but we're just here to up the ante a little bit. All right, you got that, Muff? Let's go. Ooh, shots early. I like it. <laughs> No, it'll be fun. Uh, just a little background on me. Uh, I'm definitely NFL, NBA, uh, more uh, based, at least knowledge-wise. Baseball comes next, although I know, I think my peak baseball career was definitely 04 to 010 when the Sox were just killing it. But I uh, definitely still follow it. Excited for the World Series. Go Sox. Um, and then I'll have some hockey takes. Don't take me too seriously there, but... Uh, I've definitely got some hockey takes. Go Bruins. Uh, I'll stay unbiased. Go Red Sox. Go Bruins. Go Pats. Uh, but completely unbiased journalism here. Let's go, Jay. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys haven't realized, Pearson is a Hingham Mass native from, from the Boston area. Love the 02043. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we got a pretty decent show for you on tap. We're going to kick it off with the World Series. Obviously, we got Game 1 coming tomorrow night. We are recording this on Monday. Uh, we're going to touch on the... Weekend of the NFL, we got week seven uh, almost in the books. We have a little ugly, Monday night prediction. Ugly week this week. Yeah, so. we're uh, not too thrilled with uh, most of these games. And uh, Pearson's got a little uh, NBA action coming at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll talk a little NBA, more like UFC, uh, but just talk about the suspensions given out to Rondo, Paul, and uh, Ingram in that little scrap they had the other night in uh, front of the LA fans. Oh, um, yeah, Spitgate. Oh, yeah, Spitgate, Rondo. Get that mouth guard in and uh, close that mouth. <laughs> Love old Rajon. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump right into it. We have the Boston Red Sox, winners of 108 games in the regular season, setting a franchise record. And the Los Angeles Dodgers representing the National League. Uh, series odds are Red Sox minus 155 as the favorites. Dodgers plus 125. They are the slight underdogs. And uh, before we get to predictions, let's just talk about some of the storylines coming out of this. Pearson, I feel like we have to get going right off the bat with uh, belly button ring gate. Is that what we're going to go with? Yeah, I did not know that this season was going to take this turn. Uh, What is it? uh, Chris Sale saying that his stomach issues were related to an infection caused by taking uh, taking out and putting back in a belly button ring that he has. Um, or might not have. We're still not totally sure. Yeah, I'm getting a real uh, Kyrie world is flat kind of vibe from this headline. Uh, it sounds like nonsense. Um, in the past, I don't know if you heard this, but I know he had a foot injury when he was with Chicago, and he actually said that the injury came because an intruder came into his house, tried to punch him in the face, missed, and did a roundhouse kick to <laughs> get him out of there. I had no idea that happened. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. 
And uh, yeah, he actually just, I think he's done this before. Uh, not sure how real that, uh, that kick was or how real this belly button ring is, but he's definitely given us some headlines. I'll give him that. Yeah, he uh, obviously is chomping at the bit to get pitching. Uh, we did not need him in the Astros series very much. Obviously, we saw him in game one. Valiant effort thrown up in between innings and all that. Uh, but David Price locked down in game five. And the Red Sox came out today saying Chris Sale will get the ball in game one and David Price in game two. So, Pearson, we got Price on what will probably be about three, four days rest. Uh, obviously, he had that extensive bullpen session in game five. Are you happy the way Cora is taking this pitching staff? Yeah, I think it's the right the right move. Uh, sale first, price second. Um, it's what he stuck with this uh, whole postseason. Um, I did not think that we'd come to this day where a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, I have much more confidence in price now than sale. What a you know, world. Quickly it can turn in a week just because of one start. Uh, oh, yeah, I found a mechanical or mechanics issue while I was working in, uh, uh, working in the dugout. Bullpen. In the, in the yeah, bullpen, yeah. there we go. And... Uh, and apparently now he can just throw 96 whenever he wants. So I'm uh, hoping that's real. Uh, I actually do have a lot of confidence in Price now. He has I kind of always did. I just thought he was getting a little unlucky in the games, in the postseason games in the past. But uh, he's definitely seemed to turn it around, and I, I hope Sale can deliver uh, tomorrow night too. Yeah, obviously we're going to need a big effort. We have another dominant lefty going on the other side. The Dodgers are going to toss Clayton Kershaw in game one. Dave Roberts has not released his game two starter, uh, but right now we have probably the two best left-handers in the game between Sale and Kershaw going in game one. That's going to be so fun to watch. Uh, I know a lot of baseball fans want runs, 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 but I think pitching duels are actually really fun to watch. Um, let's just hope that uh, Kershaw doesn't bring his best. Yeah, I feel like playoff baseball – I mean, it's like almost overtime hockey in the playoffs, like every half inning in a close game, you're like, just get three outs, get back to the plate. And then you get up there and you're like watching guys hit balls deep into the outfield. They get caught and you're just like, mm, damn, you just need every, every pitch to go your way. It's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so you talked about mechanical changes with price. Uh, we have Craig Kimbrell on the back end here. He's got four saves already. And he apparently noticed uh, tipping pitches on his curveball. He said his glove was a little more closed. And apparently guys were laying off the curveball a whole lot. We saw that. Now he's keeping it more down at his waist in the set position. Is that going to be the deciding factor for Kimbrell? Or are you still kind of shaky? Because he threw two Ks in his last start. He only gave up one – or last re relief appearance. Mm -hmm. He only gave up that one base runner. So – are we back to dominant Craig Kimbrell, or are you still have your reservations on the guy? Uh, I don't see uh, dominant Kimbrell quite yet. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see what he used to be, but um, he definitely, I mean, he seems to think that he's found something. Uh, I mean, I know someone called in to tell Alex Cora that he, someone, that he was tipping pitches, um, but I haven't seen enough actually in production to say that he's officially back. That would be like me coming into this podcast and doing pretty terribly, and you have all the good opinions and points, and then I say, yeah, you know, I just, uh, we got the win, uh, great podcast, and it's because I changed my tone of voice. Yeah. And that was it. So I just really need to see some, I mean, he, last game, his last relief appearance, he still was letting balls go to the, to the wall. Yeah. And, and you just, you can't have uh, people making that kind of contact uh, when you're a closer. Um, 
I, and with him, I'm just, I'm so worried when he comes in and you get walk, hit by, even if you have a four-run lead, you can get one swing of the bat, especially when we were playing the Yankees yeah. against Judge, Stanton. One swing of the bat could get, become a tie game, and he definitely was letting up runs the last his last uh, few appearances, but let's hope this mechanical change actually uh, does some, uh, has some impact. Yeah, and I mean, the big bats of not only the Yankees, Houston obviously did not get the run production that they're used to. Uh, some great defensive plays, obviously, we know that. Benintendi dive on Bregman, like you said, after Kimbrell just walking and letting guys on base there in game four. Uh, but this lineup for the Dodgers is no slouch at all either. Our old friend Manny Machado is making his way back oh. to Boston. Uh, Yasiel Puig, always the spark plug. You have Justin Turner, Chase Utley, Jock Peterson, Matt Kemp. I mean, you can go down the line. Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy was in the home run derby. You got all these bats. Um, then you have the storyline of Dave Roberts and Alex Cora. They played together for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everyone knows the... 04 steal that Dave Roberts had, mm-hmm. the ALCS. Yeah, Cora was uh, drafted by the Dodgers, wasn't he? Yes, yes he was. So, I mean, there's all kinds of ties yep. from Boston to L.A. here with these. Uh, but I feel like the biggest storyline might be the possibility of Mookie Betts returning to second base when they hit the road for games two through five, potentially. Yeah, uh, I don't see any other move. Uh, I think, I mean, I think he played shortstop in college or it was one of his first positions. Um, I don't see another way we can really get J.D., Benintendi, and Mookie Betts all uh, batting. uh, While, I mean, J.D. has not played first base in his career. He would either be playing left field or right field. And I don't want to replace Benny or Mookie uh, in the batting, in the lineup. You just have the uh, ALCS MVP to think about, too, JBJ. He's sticking in center, that's for sure. Yeah, um, but I just I think I think Mookie can do it. I think Mookie can uh, be uh, a solid second baseman. I think that's not what we're worried about. I'm actually a little more worried about the action that we've seen in right field throughout the last two series. Mookie Betts has been unreal. Uh, he basically had that robbing home the home run. Well, it wasn't out, but he yeah. technically didn't catch it. And then he actually had the one the next night. Where Justification. It, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> he would have caught. Now yeah. we know. Yeah. But uh, can JD make those plays is my biggest question going in. Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, I mean, that's no knock on JD Martinez. Obviously, Mookie Betts most likely going to be the AL MVP. He's got back-to-back gold gloves, probably on his way to a third. I mean, he's their best right fielder in the game. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. this, is, this is no knock on JD, but even though plays when Mookie would run it down and quickly get it to second and get the out or stop the base runner from advancing, that's huge yeah. in these kind of games. And JD, he's slow. He's, yeah. he's slower, and uh, I don't know if he has the the arm, the speed to make those kind of plays. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an adventure, but I definitely think that's the right move. Um, you said Mookie came up as a shortstop. He actually has logged games at second base, uh, not only this year but back in 2014 when he first played. He had 14 games started at second base. So he had a fielding percentage of .955, not terrible, not terrible, rookie year, yep. And uh, this year he had a perfect 1,000 fielding percentage in his illustrious six innings at second base. Hey, there we go, some stats. Yeah, so um, I definitely think it's the right move. I'm excited to see it as well. I mean, as much as you love Brock Holt, he already has his postseason moment with the cycle, Mm -hmm. but Ian Kinsler has shown me absolutely nothing at the plate. 
So I don't feel like you're missing him. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yes. Um, I think Kinsler's got to be pretty much, unless something terrible happens, I think Kinsler's going to be sitting most of this series. Um, I think that uh, Brock Holt has been great. And I, the thing about Cora is you know he's going to make little changes throughout the entire series, whether it's home or away. Um, he'll make the moves whether we like it or not that he thinks will be the best move for the team. And I think we'll, we'll, we will see some surprises. Yeah. Um, they haven't released the lineups yet, obviously, but you have to think Kinsler's probably going to get the start tomorrow for game one with the lefty on the mound. Um, Holt, obviously, he's been sitting against lefties, a little bit late game action after in a pinch hit spot, but do you see Cora using Pierce at first and Kinsler at second, getting those right-handed bats in, sitting Moreland and Holt? Yeah, I like I like Pierce at first for sure. Um, like I said, well, I did say I don't think he will use Kinsler in this series. What I really meant was I hope he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, if he if he's going to stick with his uh, strategy of going righties against lefties, lefties against righties, then uh, all power to him. Let's just hope Kinsler can get the bat on the ball once, please. Yeah, I think he's got. Somewhere north of ten strikeouts already on the uh, in the postseason, and that's never great. I'm sure he leads that category. I'm curious before we uh, move on or anything. What are your take? Uh, what's your take on the third base situation? Um, Devers has earned it. Yeah, I think you got to use him. Um, the bat is just too good at this point. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the season, Eduardo came on using the stick, but I mean he's no guarantee at third base either. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've both made some pretty poor decisions. Uh, they had that error on Devers when he tried to backhand that ball. And in that situation with men on, you just got to get it, keep it in front of you, leave it in the infield, limit the damage. Uh, but then you have Nunez. He can make flashy plays with the glove, and then he throws it into the dugout. So I'm, uh, I'm team Devers at this point. Let's give the young kid a chance. Uh, in no way does that mean I think uh, Nunez is going to be on the bench the whole series. But I, I think right now you got to start Rafael. Yeah, yeah. Nunez has had his moments, but the last two times we've seen him get in the game at third base, he's been making mistakes. And uh, I think that Devers has really shown uh, he's a little more reliable, uh, either, whether at third base or at bat. Um, Nunez definitely shined a few times through the season. Uh, really good at batting as well. Um, I just think that Devers really has uh, proven himself and deserves it. Agree. And we can't skip Machado. Can we please talk about him? No, yeah, let's uh, let's hop onto it. I'm actually going to hit you with some of these strikeout stats. Uh, our friend Max Muncy for the Dodgers leads the postseason with 18 Ks, and then we have Manny Machado right there in third with 13. Kinsler on his heels with 11, and uh, a couple Dodgers with Grandal and Enrique Hernandez with 11 and 10 themselves, and our good buddy Andrew Benintendi also has 10 whiffs. So could see a lot of strikeouts in this series, maybe. Absolutely, and um, just talking about Machado quickly about his scumminess. Um, I was actually looking at some of his like scummiest career moments earlier, and uh, most of them he's trying to like slide to stop a double play, the mm-hmm. illegal slide. That that happened before and after the rule change. So this guy really doesn't give a fuck. Um, I think that it's like a scumminess to a whole new level. Uh, at one point, he literally threw his bat while trying pretending he was swinging, and it slipped out of his hand at the pitcher. So this guy is—I almost respect how, how scummy he is when his teams are losing. But uh, I just hope he's not injuring any of our players this series. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already injured our team enough. Last year, you talked about the slide. 
involving Dustin Pedroia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the knee injury that's plagued him for now two seasons. Yeah. Right. If Manny Machado is not a complete piece of trash, is Dustin Pedroia playing second base for this team? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Pete, he's got some miles on him. We know that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the play with uh, Jesus Aguilar over at first base where he clearly just sticks his foot out, takes the uh, back leg of Aguilar out. They claim to be good buddies. Ha, ha, ha. But I think Machado's just a big piece of trash. Yeah. He, and his scumminess comes out when he's losing, which is the worst part. Mm-hmm. Like, at least be a scumbag, scumbag all the time. Yeah. You can't just be a sore loser scumbag where you just clip other players and slide their knees and ankles. And I think you really got to stick to his script if you're going to be that scumbag. And he just hasn't shown it in the games when they're actually winning. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a tough, tough guy to watch. He's going to get paid a lot of money in the offseason. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if this is affecting his potential contract situations. I'm assuming it won't based on uh, the talent that he is. But, yeah, not a huge fan of his. Uh, what's your take on Yasiel Puig? He's, uh, he's uh, definitely a young player's kind of guy, you know, bat flips and going crazy on singles into left field and all that. But is he is he fun? Do you like it? Or is he too much at times? No, I love it. You're all I, in. I'm all in. He's exciting. He's fun. Uh I think that he's a great player. Um, he's not being like Machado when he, he could be. He could be kind of a sore loser. But I think Puig is – I'm all in for the bat flips. I'm all in for the uh, big celebrations. I mean – Let the kids that. play. Yeah, let the kids play. That's the commercial. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that King Griffey Jr.? It is, it? yeah. The kid like, wants the kids to play. I like it. Yeah, that, I'm surprised they actually ran those commercials because it's just basically saying MLB – uh, let the kids play. Stop with all these old school rules and oh, you have to act like this. Oh, you can't do this. Bat flip all the way you want. Yeah. Celebrate with your with your teammates. Yeah, got a, I'm all for the bat flips and everything. Got a little out of control in the wild card games when you had Wilson Contreras bat flipping and hyping up the bench on a nice walk. Uh, so that was a little much for me. But no, I'm all for the bat flips. And you want to yell after you get strikeouts? Go for it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is also the new age MLB that has the Migos singing uh, postseason songs. You know, true. are you ready? This is very true. That is a terrible song. I say <laughs> it's, I mean, it's so bad. Migos comes out with songs and makes tons of money off them, and they're pretty bad. This one, just has, there's no rhyme scheme. There's nothing. <laughs> it's a terrible song. Migos, you can do better than that. Come on. Yeah. Lambo. Good for hype, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's jump into the actual series now that we got our uh, little storylines and everything out of the way. Um, let me start you off. Keys for each team. Give me uh, your pluses for these clubs. Um, all right. Yeah, for the Red Sox, uh, I think it's – I mean, the big issue we've always – everyone's complaining about is relief pitching. Um, but I honestly think Cora's handled that very well mm-hmm. in, uh, in games when uh, – this, when the pitcher can go at least four or five innings, uh, what do we we bring in Barnes? We bring bring in uh, I forget the other Brazier. Name, Brazier. Yep. And, He's been and then eighth inning. You don't know. It could be anyone. You, you you got David Price in there like every night warming up in the bullpen if he hasn't started. You got uh, Chris Sale doing the same. I mean, Rick Porcello's been there Rick twice. I, I love what Cora's doing. Yeah. It's basically, what do we got? Four four other guys besides starters that might get into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done it well. Let's see if it's a longer series. That might be a tactic that kind of backfires a little bit. Um, but we we really need our pitchers to get four or five innings at least. 
Uh, if we get out and David Price gets out in two innings, if Chris Sale lets up too much in two innings, then then we got a problem on our hand. That's the biggest key for me. Yeah, um, it's definitely a concern. The bullpen has been great. I think they had like uh, after game one of the ALDS, they have not allowed an inherited runner to score out of the bullpen. That's going to be huge with uh, this deep, deep lineup that you have coming from LA. And if they're going to get the production out of the bullpen that they have so far, I mean, this team's five and zero on the road in the postseason. The Red Sox, that is. So mm-hmm. that does not come without the greatness of the bullpen so far. So completely agree. That's a big key for the Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I'm going to say they need the bottom of the order to keep doing what they're doing. I know that may sound simple, but I mean, you have the best hitter in baseball right now, Mookie Betts at the top of the lineup and Mm -hmm. his productivity skyrockets when you got guys on in front of him. Christian Vasquez has been great. Obviously JBJ, he only had three hits. He made him count though. So if that lineup can turn over to Mookie, it is a difficult one to navigate. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, I mean, you got to start Mookie first. Uh, Like we were saying in the beginning of the Yankees series, oh, where is he? He's not showing up. I think he showed up enough. He's gotten hits and leadoff. He's gotten hits in uh, big moments. He's scored runs. Um, but uh, JBJ, lowest batting average for <laughs> ALCS MVP. And what, nine runs total? Nine runs batted in? With two outs nonetheless. Legend. Yes, yeah. we need that for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, it is going to be a big key. And uh, for me, I'll, I'll throw my big keys for the Dodgers right now. I think their starting pitching is deeper than ours. I mean, you have Walker Bueller. If he's going to drop a few F-bombs in the broadcast, that's a little exciting as well. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, obviously. Rich Hill, pride of Milton, Massachusetts. He's a great guy to have. And um, then you have Rua as well. So I think the depth that they can provide from the starting Pitching is going to be big for them. Uh, I know you said you want at least four plus from the Red Sox. I think the Dodgers would love to see maybe even six innings out of three of their starters to really give them a chance to kind of lock down uh, the back end of the games. Uh, I think their bullpen is actually a little bit weaker than ours. Uh, I was scared of Milwaukee's bullpen, Mm -hmm. but there's no one. Obviously, Kenley Jansen's very, very good uh, as the closer for the Dodgers, but I'm more concerned about the big arms that they're going to throw early on in these games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Milwaukee Brewer, these teams are no joke. Everyone thought, all right, we get past the Astros. We essentially have it won. Uh, I completely disagree. I think L.A. or Milwaukee could beat us in a series. But um, I think that L.A. – I think L.A. was the better team overall in that series. I agree with you, deeper pitching. Um, I think that – I, I, it, it's boring to say, but I think that pitching is really going to be the number one thing in this series. Uh, whoever can go longer as a starter um, and whoever can do the best in relief, like you said, those inherited runners, um, got to get them out. And I, I just think I think the Sox will take it. We'll do our predictions and everything, but this Dodgers team's no joke. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back NLCS champs, Game 7 of the World Series last year. They're right back where they left off, and I'm sure that they have that experience knowing what it takes. Uh, Obviously, they came up just short, but uh, it's hard to have a team lose back-to-back World Series like that. The sour taste is definitely going to be in their mouths, and uh, it is something that they want to shake. You talked about 
Jackie Bradley having a 200 average for the ALCS MVP. Cody Bellinger on the other side at uh, in the middle of this Dodger lineup also hit 200 and won the LCS MVP right for the National League. Yeah, so a couple of surprise surprise spots there. Um, yeah, you know, you got to take care of your opportunities. Um, like we said with Jackie, nine RBIs with two outs. He's putting the ball over the wall when he can. So. God, that was fun to watch. Yeah, man, he is something special. That uh, Not only that grand slam to kind of put that game on ice, but the moonshot he hit off Josh James and James's reaction was just priceless. You know, just the whole – just every emotion just leaves his face. He just can't believe it. Some towering shot to right field. Yeah, no bat flips from uh, Jackie either. No, he's calm, cool, and collected. I love it. He gave a little bit of a stare down, but yeah. he's, uh, he's a simple guy nonetheless. Absolutely. Not to go off too much on a tangent here, but I really liked what I saw David Price. He wasn't one of the ones screaming when he was getting those outs. He was so calm, and he looked so focused when he was winning in that uh, – which game is it? Game five. Game five, yeah. 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 It was huge. Um, I think that's the price I want. Uh, I've seen him fired up before, and he's done well with that, but I think – when he's in that zone and he's got his 96 mile an hour fastball coming back, painting corners, uh, that's that's my favorite David Price. Yeah, just cutting two strike cutters right on the black. Yeah. Like just a way to righties. It's unreal what he can do right now. Hopefully he keeps it going. But yeah, I love uh, I love dugout David Price when he's yelling post that to Alex Bregman. So oh, that's true. That little fire is good. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. Uh, you want to jump into these predictions? Um, one last thing. Can we? Go for it. Going back into Dave Roberts, Alex Cora. Sure. Dave Roberts is a legend. Oh, he's he will, a stud. He will, he will be remembered in Red Sox history forever. That was one of the greatest moments like in my sports career. I, I was at the game. Sports watching career. That must have been electric. Yeah, it was uh, It was crazy. Nine-year-old Jack Barlow refused to leave as hey. much as uh, his dad was pushing the early return to the park. Oh, it no. was it was late. I had school the next day. He was just trying to be a good dad. Oh, but no, uh, I, I don't think he was actually going to leave. Thank God he did. Huh? Yeah. Stayed. Yeah. What a, um, what a game. But uh, just got to bring this up. People forget. I mean, that stolen base, everyone knew he was going. Dave Roberts, I'm saying, in 04. Um, everyone knew he was going. They tried to pick him off multiple times. The, ca- the uh, throw from uh, Posada was just right on. Barely got in there. But people forget Bill Miller was a hero in that game as well. He got the single to run, yep. get that run in. Kevin Millar drew the walk. Bill Along Miller. Roberts. Yeah, Big bad right. Bill. Yeah, Kevin Millar. Also a hero in that last inning. But Bill Miller, I got, I just got to give my props to this guy. One of the most underrated Red Sox players. Won the batting title in 03. Uh, only person to hit grand slams. Both sides of the plate. Switch hitter. Uh, we need a third baseman like him right now. That's what I'm talking yeah, I mean, you had Bill Miller, as legendary as he was. Mikey Lowell coming in oh, yeah. at the hot corner for yeah. 07. Uh, obviously, World Series MVP there. Just my Bill Miller tangent. Yeah, no, <laughs> hey, shout out to Bill Miller. Love sticks. Great Dave guy. Roberts, Red Sox legend forever. Yeah. Uh, so, let's let's get down to it. Uh, we'll knock out these predictions. Sure. You want to kick us off here? Yeah, sure. Um, so, we got Price, Kershaw, game one, right? Sale Kershaw, Sale game Kershaw. one. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, and then we got Price going game two against TBD. Yeah, um, I think... think, We'll do a two-fold here. Game one prediction, we'll give it a quick score, and then let's go series. Okay, sounds good. Game one, I got got the Sox. Yep. Um, I I think Chris Sale, people are saying he hasn't been good since July. Uh, He's had these stomach issues. He's been rested and 
trying to just uh, get ready for the playoffs, saying he's got a little rust going. I, I think he'll show up. I think he'll go five to six innings, exactly what we need from him. Uh, hopefully he can keep that pitch, down, pitch count down. Um, they've been getting pretty high pretty early, at least in the AL, AL series. And uh, I, I think that Kershaw's great, but I think our bats have been really hot. And I think we might get him out early, third, fourth inning. And I, I, I believe that our defense will be doing enough, especially in Fenway, where we don't have to deal with the whole pitcher DH thing. Which I, is garbage. I, I, that. I think we take game one, eight, eight, four. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I love that. I like that. Yeah. Scrappy base running. Uh, little little hits just to knock them in. Steal a base, steal a taco. Steal a base, there you go. Yeah, let's get some tacos. Yeah, there. right? Home Doritos runs. Locos. Wait, was it home runs or stolen bases? No, it's uh, steal a base, steal a taco. First okay. first guy to steal a base in the World Series gets everyone a free Doritos Logos taco. So yes. I'm, I'm looking at you, Mookie and Benny, the top of that order. First inning, I want that out of the way fast. Yeah, get us those tacos, guys. Yeah. Um, as far as my game one prediction, I love – I love your take here with Sale. I mean, when you talk about gamers and just guys that leave it all out there all the time, it's Chris Sale. Webster called for his picture for the uh, definition here. He is a stud. All the guy wants to do is win, and he guts out performances like crazy, and I think he's going to be so jacked up to pitch in a World Series. I mean, you talk about a guy who rotted away in Chicago for a few years, he should have multiple Cy Youngs, doesn't have a single one, which is a shame. But this guy wants to pitch in big moments, and, and there's no no bigger game of his life than game one of the World Series. Yeah, so, take advantage, Chris. Yeah, I think he's going to be on. Uh, they have Leon catching for him. They did say that, so that's his boy back there. Um, but I'm going to go – I think Kershaw's – I think he's going to get a little rattled here. I mean, he's been good, but you look at what they did to Justin Verlander, who was the postseason elimination game hero and never lost, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think this team is hot right now. Like you said, they're loose. They've been at Fenway for the last few days working out. They have the luxury of being at home. This crowd's going to be insane. I'm going to say 6-2-3 Red Sox, and I'll give Sale – Six full innings. All right. I like that. Yeah. So decently close on our predictions here. I'm just thinking more runs, but hey, uh, I want to the take eight runs baseball, if we need it. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I might be off on that, but I don't know. I, I've been seeing a lot of great batting from the Red Sox run that I think that we, we can really put up a run. I mean, look at Verlander the last few games. We just kind of demolished this guy. So I think we're good against the best pitching, um, and uh, I think we can get some runs on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Quick, quick question for you. Quick answer for you. Um, so I, I'm just hearing a lot lately of this whole belly button ring thing. Mm-hmm. That it's something that's happening to his stomach that the Red Sox uh, front office and Chris Sale, they, that they don't want to reveal what the actual injury is or where it's coming from. Or if he did some Marcus Smart punching a mirror type situation or if he did something stupid. But I just wanted to know what, what your take was on that. If you think maybe something a little more serious happened or something stupid that they just don't want to reveal. Um, Maybe he's just having fun with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, these guys all year have been clowning around with the media. You had mm-hmm. Price with the Fortnite thing. I mean, that was, he played that up pretty well. Uh, he's actually been a real good sport. A little side tangent on David Price. Uh, <laughs> he's he's been, he's been a good sport with the media this year. On the sale thing, uh, I'm, 
I'm going to lean towards it might be something serious. Like he got a, a touch of the flu or something and yeah. they just kind of went full quarantine mode. You know, it's flu season out there, people. Uh, but yeah. I I think the whole belly button ring thing is a, is a little prank on the media. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the front office is trying to hide information yeah. or anything, but I, I kind of think it was actually something serious. Uh, they said he was getting IVs and all kinds of fluids pumped back into him. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a joke when you can't start game six or whatever the plan was going to, or game five, whatever the plan was going to be. And, but just glad he's back now, going game one. Yeah, uh, I think they say he's back to back to strength, and they we're going to throw him game six if they needed. So that kind of shores up my reservations that you know it, it might have been like a twenty four hour deal or something, and. Mm-hmm. They thought, you know, we're traveling the next day, so we'll get you in the hospital, get you some treatment, and keep plugging away. Do the Red Sox all get belly button rings if they win the World Series? Um, I Hell, I might get a belly button ring if he throws a no-hitter. I might put that out there into the world. Absolutely. Um, but no, I think uh, I, I would be hard-pressed to see Mitch Moreland in a belly button ring. Yeah, I, I can't. can't even think about that. <laughs> um, all right, so we both have Sox going up at least one game here. Uh, they split their home series with the Astros, taking game two. So I'll ask you this. As far as prediction-wise, give me your series finish. And are the Sox going to take both games in uh, Boston? Or how do you think it's going to go? Uh, I'm so torn on that. I, I, I have this feeling that the Dodgers will steal one in Fenway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess, I don't think it will be game one. Uh, but... It, possibly a game two, but I really think that we might have some troubles with uh, the whole DH. Uh, who should we? Well, we have to pinch run him here to get him back in the game. These type of situations in LA. Um, I got I got this series going six games, and uh, Red Sox win back at Fenway. That would be great. I mean, this team has been so good at home in the regular season, mm-hmm. so good on the road this postseason. Uh, I think there is a lot going into the fact that uh, you do have to make those double switches. The National League is a different beast mm-hmm. as far as lineup control. Um, one thing that is good, you know, you had Alex Cora in the postseason last year against the Dodgers as a bench coach for the Astros. That's so true. they were able to navigate that, yep. uh, winning Game 7 on the road. Yeah, got the experience so, there. yeah we, have, uh, we have a manager that knows how to do it. So I'm going to say Sox in 7. Okay. And Game 7 is Halloween night, so yeah, a little little, uh, spooky action at Fenway. Um, But yeah, I think both these teams are are very good. Um, In the end, I'm going to give the nod to the Red Sox in 7. It will be a very, very good series. And man, I just... Steal Game 2? Um... Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I think this team's too good to to go down 2-0. And what's unfortunate, because what I loved about the ALCS was even though we did drop game one, we kind of we won game two, took that momentum into Houston, and then mm-hmm. we're able to ride that, obviously, sweeping yeah. in Houston, which was insane. But I, I think we can split game one and game two, and then we will win game uh, four and five, and we'll take a nice three-one lead back to, or three-two lead, excuse me, back to Boston, and then 
Yeah, check that. Dave uh, Roberts will pull out all the stops for Game Six. Check that postseason uh, road record from the Sox. Pretty good right now. Watch out, LA. Yeah. So we'll see if they actually lose on the road. Who knows? Maybe this game. Maybe we. By the time we record next, we might be like one game away from the sweep here. I don't know. Yeah, I take that. I take that. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice when they get them done easy. But uh, yeah, in our lifetime, we've seen two sweeps and a six-game series. So this will be the first time we get a seven-game. Uh, World Series as far as the Sox, uh, but is that about cover it? We got anything left here on the World Series? I mean, you got them in six, I got them in seven. Yeah. Um, is, is it bad that I just I just want the last game to be in Fenway? No. I kind of am sick of winning series on the road. Yeah. Yeah, just no, it's Everyone takes... leaves and it's just doesn't, I mean, I'm, it sounds like the most entitled thing ever, but come on, another Fenway, another Fenway World Series would be unreal. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no. I hope we win the World Series either way. Yeah, yeah. If it's in yeah. LA, fucking go. Yeah. But. If, if they want to get it done from uh, four to five, obviously those are the only two games we can pull it off. But yeah. if that's what it's going to be, hey, I'll be fine making that wrong prediction. All right. I like it. So. Move on to the NFL? Yeah. Had some of the games this weekend? Yeah, there were uh, a couple close ones, but I mean, more often than not, there were some blowouts. Mm-hmm. Started off in, on Thursday. With uh, the lovely Arizona Cardinals hosting the Denver Broncos, Arizona falls again by the tune of 45-10. to 10. Yeah. After the game, they fire their offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy, named Byron Lefwich, the uh, former quarterback's coach, the interim OC. What did you see out of this game, if anything? And are you excited that Byron Lefwich is uh, getting the nod? Um, never heard of the guy. Uh, really? No. Ooh. But uh, that's, uh, that's just me. Um, the whole Sanders throwing and catching a TD was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He's on my fantasy team. It was yeah, nice. Yeah, he's in, he's in one of my leagues, and that was a lot of points. So that was great. But uh, it was Josh Rosen starting. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is bad. I, I, the Broncos are a good team, too. I think the Broncos will actually be uh, a playoff team. Um, really? This year? You think so? Yeah, I think so. Woo. I think they'll pull it off. But... Um, I, it just shows me the Cardinals are in a very bad place right now. Mm, no, they're uh, terrible. What's their record? Do you know? I think they're one and five. Yeah, it, it's over this year. So just chalk it up as a, let's train Rosen, try and get him better. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe Larry Fitzgerald's final season. Kind of sad. A little sad. Uh, I hope he sticks around. The guy's a legend. I love Larry Fitzgerald, but David Johnson just hasn't been producing like he should be. Um, and you got a young quarterback, so it, it's it's tough times in Arizona right now. Uh, but I, I honestly think the Broncos are a decent football team, um, and their defense is still the real deal. Yeah, I mean they two pick sixes. They had one on the second play of the game, so that was uh, a big night for the Broncos' defense and fantasy, and they got it done. Uh, Quick correction on myself. Cardinals are 1-6. They have not been on the bye yet. I thought they had. Uh, but they're 0-4 at home, so not a great start to the year at all. And offensively, they've just been dismal. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of expected the Mike McCoy ousting. And now that I'm looking at the Broncos' uh, AFC West. Yeah, not good. Chiefs, Chargers, <laughs> two, of the best, two of the best teams in the AFC. to mix the Patriots in there. But Broncos are a good team, 3-4. and four. Uh, Their defense is real. Uh, but it might be a little tough in that in that division. Let's I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chargers have looked great, and oh, gosh, we know what a wagon Kansas City is. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, quick Byron Leftwich history lesson for you. Yeah. Uh, drafted by the Jags in 03, 
played a few seasons there with them uh, up until 06. And he was on the Falcons for a year and actually won a championship with the Steelers in 2008. So hmm. Byron Leftwich has a Super Bowl ring. With the Steelers, huh? Yeah. Okay. He was a, uh, a backup, but still got done. That was uh, Big Ben versus the Cardinals. He had that San Antonio Holmes catch in the corner of the end zone with That's the toe tapper. Game. Yeah, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal one there, Super Bowl Forty Three. But yeah, not really a whole lot left to uh, touch on with that. Uh, I was a little shocked by that Broncos postseason take, just given how well that division's been playing. Yeah, well, you know they're a good team. If they're in a different division, I'd, I'd stick to that. But uh, <laughs> that division's kind of tough. I actually think the Chargers are the real deal. They'll get Joey Bosa back, um, and I think they'll be one of the top teams in the AFC. And uh, I think it's really between past Chiefs, uh, Chargers, maybe Ravens. Maybe Not Ravens. with Justin Tucker kicking like that, but... Uh, Oof, yeah, we'll get to that poor bastard like here in a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's jump to the Chargers real quick, though. Uh, they had the London game versus the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, man, our good buddy Mike Vrabel, former New England Patriots Super Bowl champion. He's one of the 70... Uh, players to catch a touchdown from Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, but what'd you think of that call going for two? They were down a bunch of points early, came back in the fourth. They could have kicked an extra point to tie and send overtime with about 30 seconds left, but they go for two. You know, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I think you take the point there and go for overtime. Um, there's, there were three and three going into this game. I, you need the win, but I don't think it's worth risking it on that play. And I might sound like a little bit of a hypocrite here because I think the Cowboys in their game, not to go off on a little tangent though, but they played for a field goal mm-hmm. and they ran the ball three times with 40 seconds left just to get a little better field goal range. And they didn't play to win. And that I hate, but in this game, I think you got to just take the point where you can get it and then uh, see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, they they were coming on strong there at the end. Uh, they got kind of shell-shocked early on. Tyrell Williams had a 75-yard touchdown catch from Phillip Rivers on the first play from scrimmage, so kind of takes you aback right there. Dion um, Lewis, suddenly a beast again. Yeah. Took him up my fantasy lineup, first time not being a starter. 18, 18 and a half points. Yeah, my... Uh, He's my, probably going back in. That's the sad part. I'm probably just going to start him again and I'll get five points. Yeah, you, you'll never be able to play it right with him. Uh, Maybe he's just good in London. Yeah, sad for my uh, my buddy Jay Gatsby. Jay, if you're listening out here, sorry, bud. Uh, he's had a rough year so far in our face. So he's 0-7 and uh, he dropped Deion Lewis this week. Well, you, you can't <laughs> drop him. The guy, I mean, he's getting a lot of like attempts and getting the ball past him every single time, but... Uh, he yeah. just, he, he's not performing to what I wanted to be, and suddenly now he, he was. So yeah. yeah, not good. But uh, it's all good. Your final there in London: Chargers twenty, Titans nineteen. <sighs> Should we go ahead and get this Pats game out of the way? Sure. All Sorry. right. All right. Um, whew, where to begin? Where to begin? Um, all right. I actually let's start here. It's messy. Yeah, Cordell. Speaking of messy, Cordero Patterson. What what are your thoughts on him? The guy is an absolute roller coaster ride. Yeah, he's up and down. Uh, fumbles followed by kick return for a touchdown, ninety five yards. So I like him. I, I mean, I do. I, I think he's, he's he's exciting. I mean, he doesn't even look that fast out there, but he is big. It's got to be the hair. I know. And they they're, they're always clocking people now at the fastest speed they got to. I think he got to twenty miles an hour, which is pretty good. Oof. But. Uh, 
Yeah, no, that was a great kick return from him. We definitely needed it. Uh, Special teams really stepped up in this game. But, uh, yeah, you gotta, you got to hold on to the ball. I mean, this Bill Belichick's number one thing. Yeah. Um, quickly, on that 95-yard kickoff return, what were your thoughts on him slowing down, high-fiving uh, J.C. Jackson, and then kind of walking into the corner of the end zone? Nah, I'm fine with it. Ooh. You didn't like it? I, I mean... I, I like it. It's like but, Terry Kill giving the old peace symbol and just slowing down and be like, you're not catching me. Yeah, I, I think Bill's going to tear him a new one today in the film room uh, if, if he hasn't already uh, as we record here late Monday afternoon. But I will give you, he has tripped a lot this year. So if he had tripped on that, I mean, he's out. Yeah. But the amount of throws Brady's thrown to him where he just trips over his own feet, like, yeah, you, you do got to get it in the end zone there. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting sight. Just like you said earlier in the game, fumbles the kickoff. And then, I mean, he rips this 95-yarder to the house, uh, which came at a huge point, like you said. Uh, I actually live bet the game uh, right after the uh, Bears went up, what was it, 17-3 or or 17-7 or something. Uh, I think it was, yeah, I think we were down like 14 points or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, I live bet the Pats money line and the spread at 5.5 for the Pats to cover that. And, yeah, yeah, that was a good good call on me. Yeah, I'm going to jump on those. Forgot that uh, kind of live bet like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun ride. It definitely is. It uh, doesn't always work. Speaking of up and down players, what, what's your take on JC Jackson? Oh man, is he good? Uh, is he bad? Um, I think he's better than what we got. <laughs> if, if that's good enough for you, yeah. I mean, he made one of the most bizarre catches I've ever seen on that interception, where he just kind of had one hand on it and ripped it out as he yeah. was rolling to the ground. Yeah, it was filthy. Yeah, it was unreal. And then he also probably got flagged for about 45 yards worth of penalties. So. Yeah, and it was it was penalties. There's just like, you know you can't do that. Like, yeah. hands to the face, certain stuff like that. I mean, you got to be smarter when you're in Bill Belichick's team. But I feel like we see this kind of cornerback play almost every year. Yeah. And then you suddenly see why he's on the roster, why he's out there. So you got to trust Bill. Um this guy definitely made some mistakes penalty-wise, but as long as they don't let him, let him in the end zone, I feel like that's just Bill Belichick's strategy. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't get burnt for any huge plays. I mean, the penalties hurt, but yeah. I think he played well. And, I mean, obviously you got him on special teams too, so he's, uh, he's a guy that's out there a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hell, he didn't even have the better interception of the two, I mean, which was an insane catch. And then Jonathan Jones. I think I've watched that video probably close to 100 times now, and I will watch it another 100 this afternoon because, oh my goodness, watching him reach back with that right arm and then not even bring it to the left, just haul it in, take it to the ground, unreal. I mean, that's just like a wide receiver play right there. That was nasty. It's Odell Beckham one-handed catch, and the guy wasn't even really looking back. Yeah. I mean, last second he looks back and puts his hand up where he thinks the ball might go, and it's in his... He's already like on the ground with him in his arms. Insane, and, and that was a huge point of the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it was uh, that was the one that gave us a chance to go up uh, yeah. potentially two scores there at thirty-eight, thirty-one. Could have put on and some more points there, but we had a yeah. drive staller. But that, yeah, both those catches were nuts. Shout out to the Pats DB, and, and like you said, we got to talk about the block punt that went for a touchdown too. I mean, first time we've done it in like three hundred games or something. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to Dante Hightower being a beast. Boom tower. Um, I mean, he, he got the block there. I think uh, on the kick return, he actually had a huge block as well. So when when people are saying, why do we have our starters out there doing special teams, uh, you've you got to see, okay, 
that now I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually need your best players out there. That, that kind of stuff can change the game. I mean, yeah, it made the difference. They win by a score. and Van Noy, shut up my guy. Yeah, big bad Van Noy. Yeah, that was a, that was a heck of a play. So you got to love that. Uh, a downside for the Pats here real quick, uh, Sonny Michelle going down with a knee injury. It seemed like they just took the governor off that guy, and he was really feeling himself and – I guess the MRI came back today. They said it's nothing serious, but there's no timetable. So in typical Patriots fashion, how do we interpret that? Um, you don't know. Uh, I, I got to believe that it is actually isn't that bad. But uh, I know Sonny Michelle has had injuries in the past. And you get worried about leg injuries, especially uh, with history in that. But um, if they say it's not that bad, and Maybe you just got to trust him and hopefully he's out there in two weeks. Yeah. Because our running backs, uh, I think it's just down to James White and Bar- Barner. Yeah. Ken- Kenyon Barner, Barner? Yeah. Yeah, who yeah, they've yeah. dropped and signed and dropped and signed, and yeah. I think they just dropped him again. No, It's possible, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I could see Gillis Lee getting back on this roster pretty soon. Uh, he's down in New Orleans, so they're going to have to try and make a deal for him somehow. Though. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's, he's signed, they signed him off waivers uh after we cut them, so okay. All right. yeah, we'll, we'll the see there. Squad, then. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be digging deep. Maybe we see Danny Etling. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, gosh, speaking of running quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, yeah. What was what was that? The guy ran all over us. Yeah. What did he run? Seventy yards for an eight-run touchdown. Oh yeah, something stupid. Eight-yard touchdown. I mean, that's just that's kind of pathetic on our part. Uh, we had chances to tackle him at least on that play, but I mean. The guy's not a great quarterback. He should. They should not have put up 31 points. Um, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due, I guess. But I, I just don't. I, I don't see him being that good of a quarterback this year. Maybe in the future he'll uh, build on some of that and learn a little bit more. But he's just throwing wise. I, I've seen a lot better. Yeah, I mean. This is his second season, obviously. First year with uh, new head coach Matt Nagy, who's an offensive-minded guy coming over from Kansas City. So maybe as he grows in that system, uh, they certainly surrounded him with weapons. So uh, maybe he can figure it out in that defense. Boy, I mean, they're not going anywhere, but they didn't look great against us, which I don't know if that's credit to the Pats' offense or a knock on the Bears' D, but they looked good early, did not look good on Sunday. Uh, Pat's picking up their first road win in what was almost another overtime affair for the NFL. But yeah, did your heart sink to the like depths of the earth when you saw that ball go in the air like mine did? Um, it didn't. I, I was pretty. I mean, they always go with the strategy. What they did it with Moss. They're doing it with Gordon now. They throw him in the end zone, try and bat it down. Never works. It literally. They never yeah. even get to the ball. I think it's it's just kind of blind luck. Thank God it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers where he actually caught it and just fell back in the end zone. Uh, this actually happened before to the Patriots against the Ravens a couple of years ago. Oh. And they threw it to him. They catch him at the one, and then they just don't let him in the end zone. So they did what they needed to do. Uh, let's get out of Chicago and <laughs> take that up. Absolutely unreal finish. I mean, and it's it was Kevin White who has had terrible knee injuries and ACLs and all that. He has not really... Uh, gotten his career underneath him in Chicago, and that was probably the biggest moment of his young career, and it comes in a loss. Um, one final thing, like you talked about Gordon uh, in the end zone trying to knock it down, we finally saw him kind of break break one open in the open field. Yeah, you're seeing the production. It's the reason we, uh, the reason we traded for him. Um, Gronk's not in. You needed him to pick up the slack. Big storyline going in. 
And he did exactly that. I mean, the guy can catch the ball. He had a 55-yard run. wasn't even his biggest play. It was fourth down. They throw it up to him, oh, and he just goes over the guy. That catch was catches insane. It, slams down on the ground and keeps possession. I mean, helmet guy, pops off. Yeah. I mean, oof. The guys, the guys doing really well. I, I mean, I'm surprised by how much Tom Brady's been targeting him, but the guy's got hands. I'll yeah. Say that. Yeah. The guy can catch anything. Yeah, he's so really excited about that. He's got some some good old mitts on him, but yeah, yeah, that that fourth down play, like you said, I'm actually glad you brought that up. That was an athletic catch against uh, Fuller, who is a fantastic uh, DB within himself. So mm-hmm. big play, and you got to love that Brady's trusting him there. I yeah. mean, fourth and five at the middle of the field, and they yeah. he's covered like blanketed, and he still goes and puts it there for him. Yeah, and all the oh well, he's just not going to show up for practice. He, he's not going to learn. He's Everyone, I've heard nothing but good things from Edelman, Coach Belichick, Tom Brady. It seems like he's really trying to learn the system, uh, getting in a good training routine, getting a good practice routine, and he is gaining that trust. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, Ryan Allen's punt that basically netted eight inches Yeah, because he couldn't pin it within the 15, within the 10, just punted it way into the end zone. You can't do that. Yeah, gotta, that was not good. get 20, 15 yards at least. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I just had to mention that. No, yeah, it was uh, it was tough, and he's usually great. Usually great. Yep, wasn't good there. Yeah, uh, want to jump to the Pats opponent next weekend, the Buffalo Bills, who are yeah. I mean, I, I was shocked we hadn't played the Bills at all yet this year, the Jets at all this year. Um, yeah. But we get a we get a nice little win next week, most yeah, likely. Most likely. Um, I don't know if we'll get. Uh, how bad is Josh Allen's injury? You know. Um, I, they said he was going to miss multiple weeks, so this would be number yeah. two of multiple. So, Well, either we're getting Peterman or... Uh, oh, God, he's guy? so bad. Uh, was it Derek Anderson? Or no, uh, Derek Anderson was in... No, yeah, it was. I think yeah, it was, it was Derek yeah. Anderson. So yeah. you can just expect some picks, hopefully. Um, it'll be a good chance for, I think, our quarterbacks to at least get some confidence, if, mm-hmm. it, if anything. But... Uh, Let's just let's just take let's get the win in Buffalo and just get out of there and move on to something where we can actually prepare for a team that maybe could give us a shot. Yeah, not not a whole lot we need to touch on this one. Your final Colts thirty seven, Bills five. So I mean, if you have the two and five Indianapolis Colts holding the Bills to five points, I expect a pretty good effort next week from the Pats D. Uh, tale of two cities with the quarterbacks: Derek Anderson, no touchdowns, three picks; Andrew Luck, four touchdowns, no picks, and Pearson, your fantasy insight on Marlon Mack. Is he the real deal? <laughs> um, he was on my bench this week. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But, but for a good reason. I wanted to see how he would, how he would do if he was the real deal. Uh, I think he is. I mean, he's getting a, a lot of uh, snaps, a lot of uh, attempts. Yeah, a bunch of volume. Um, but I, I got to be honest. I got, I got a running back issue now. I, my issue before was I could not get anyone to replace Deion Lewis. And then I picked up Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, and now suddenly, um, oh, who's my last guy? Uh, but anyway, they all produced. So yeah. now, now i got a big decision on my hands. Oh, Kareem Hunt is my other one, so oh, he's yeah. not moving. Well, we'll get to his effort later. Yeah. Yeah, yikes. Uh, just, just finishing up on Mack, 160 yards from scrimmage, two total touchdowns. Dude was a beast. And uh, shout out MIZ Marcus Murphy, four carries, 53 yards for the Bills. So. Go. Getting the boys some touches. Hey. Uh, also, Colts D, huge pickup for me that week. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, three picks, a whole, uh, whole bunch of sacks, all that good stuff. 
Um, let's talk about the Lions and Dolphins here. The mysterious tandem that they are. Are, are the Lions good? Are the Dolphins actually bad? Oof, what's your take on this one? Um, I'd say both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think that, I think the Dolphins are worse than their record is. Um, Agree with I, you there. And I think that the Lions are actually better than their record is. But, um, but I, I think overall the Lions have, just have a better team. Um, uh, I love uh, the rocket scientist doing his thing as head coach. Uh, people were trashing him week one, but I, I think he's really turned it around a little bit. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot of this game. Uh, yeah, it was well. the most exciting game on that on the slate. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, yeah, I think the, the Lions did uh, did their job. Yeah, they uh, took care of business. Thirty-two twenty-one. Carry on Johnson toting the rock in that warm Miami weather. 158 rushing yards with a long of 71. So uh, big shout-out to the rookie there. Uh, really the the one thing I have on this game, not sure if you saw the play, but uh, the Brocket ship threw an absolute dime on the run to Danny Amendola. It, <laughs> was, right. it was nice. Yeah, rolled to his right, threw it into triple coverage. Amendola made the catch. It was about something like 55-yard score or something. Great play there, but... In a losing effort. Love me some Dola. Yeah. Wish the best for the guy until he's playing us. Yeah. So he's already 0-1 against us. So please 0-2. Back with Colpo. Just killing life in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a life he has. Making a bunch of sheets. Uh, let's let's round out the AFC East here, I guess. We'll talk about the uh, little brothers in New York. They fall 17-37 to at home to the Vikings. Um, you talked about Latavius Murray stepping up with two touchdowns uh, with Dalvin Cook on the sideline. But I just have to give all the praise in the world to my favorite player that is not on the New England Patriots, Adam Thielen. Beast. Absolute wonderful human being. Gets over the 100-yard mark for the seventh straight game. Leads the NFL in receptions and receiving yards. I mean, what, what else can you say about this guy? I mean, he's he's unbelievable. He's doing the deep routes, doing the crossing routes. He's he, he, he's a you can do it all kind of player. Um, reminds me a little bit of Edelman at times, and then he'll remind me of uh, Josh Gordon at times. So uh, he can really do it all, especially with Diggs uh, as another weapon there. Uh, he's I think he's really feeding off the fact that they've got all those weapons, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that uh, Kirk Cousins is uh, that was the right move for him going to Minnesota. Um, He's got a lot of weapons, and he's kind of thriving over there right now. So good for them, Adam Thielen, beast. Yeah, he's very good. Um, oof. I mean, the Jets, the Jets are who we thought they were, right? Sam Darnold, is yeah. he is he good? Is this just rookie struggles? What are you thinking? It was it was actually a decent game uh, in the first half up till the end of the third quarter. I think it was only seven to ten point game at that point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't like the Jets were absolutely shouldn't be on the same field as the Vikings. Uh, it was just poor execution on the simple things. Handoffs, they had a fumble on one of those handoffs um, where the running back didn't even get the ball. Um, Crowell was just terrible in the beginning. He had one where he ran back to the end zone to try and get around him and then was down at the one. Uh, they, Not the best move there. Their special teams was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, besides the kick returns, the Jets actually had some good kick returns, but they had one punt that was just maybe 20, 30 yards. So it's the little things the Jets have to get used to. But overall, I think they actually played decently well against a very good Vikings team. Yeah, uh, the Vikings defense came into the season as a vaunted uh, foe for many quarterbacks. 
Looks like they're kind of finding their shape now. Uh, Holden Darnold to 17 of 42 for 206 yards, only one touchdown, three interceptions. He was sacked three times, and uh, that's to the tune of a quarterback rating of 5.9. So 17 for what? 42. Yeah, he threw about 42 times. Oh, my God. Yeah, not good. To be fair, there were like four or five drop passes for mm-hmm. the Jets, but those are not great numbers right there. Yeah, not great. Not great. Get that percentage up. Uh, let's jump to probably the most surprising and maybe the most entertaining game of the day. Um, you have the Panthers going into Philly, coming back from a 17-point fourth-quarter lead to win 21-17, mm-hmm. outscoring the Eagles 21-0 in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's is that more on Philadelphia collapsing, or do you give credit to the Panthers for – Clawing, no pun intended, their way back into this game. Well, there's only one reason that the Eagles lost this game, and it's because Malcolm Jenkins sold out. <laughs> you know, he, uh, he used to be a part of the movement, but he was really just doing it to get his uh, foundation funded. He used to kneel, um, didn't actually believe in the movement. Uh, Eric Reed kind of showed us that and made a huge deal of it pregame, which yeah. probably is not how you should handle that, but... I gotta say, I mean, I stand with Reed. It's disgusting what Jenkins is doing. I hope the Eagles lose every game this year, and that's not unbiased at all. And I, I'm just, I hope the Eagles lose forever because go Pats. I mean, because I stand with Reed. Right. Um, unbiased. Yeah. There we go. Right. So <laughs> Eagles are three and four, um, falling down to the depths of the NFC East, uh, but not not a great effort there. I mean, getting outscored twenty one nothing fourth quarter. Yeah, not good. I mean. Honestly, the Eagles' losses have all been six points or fewer. Um, that seems like a coaching issue to me. I, I couldn't go think about every game right now, but you, you got to win those close ones. And uh, I think they'll, I think they'll turn it around. But kind of loving what I'm seeing so far when they lose these close games because they beat the Pats in a close game. Super yeah, Bowl. yeah. Not, a, not a fan of the Eagles. Never was. Mm-hmm. Still not. Uh, but my last closing note on this game, as a Christian McCaffrey owner. I was sickened at the fact that Cam Newton led the team with 49 rushing yards. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of the Eagles' defense. Their front seven's actually pretty decent, yeah. so I'll put some credit there. But, yeah, I'm still going to win my matchup that I have McCaffrey in, but come on. Let's get the kids some some touches. Coming off a of bye week. Let's go. There you go. Uh, oh, no, we have to do it. Uh, it's going to bring me to tears. The Cleveland Browns. Go to overtime again and fall. Well, isn't that the goal for them, just to get to overtime? I mean, they're doing it a lot. <laughs> they've done it four times out of the six games they've – or seven games they've played, excuse me. They're 2-4-1 and one on the year with a 1-2-1 and one record in the overtime games. So I, I don't really know what else to say. These guys, it's just – they get so darn close and – I mean, you you lose to a 59-yard field goal in this one. It's yeah. just, it's tragic. Yeah, and they really had a good comeback too in that game. Um, I mean, I think they were down 16 to two in the first half, yeah. and they managed to come back, uh, tie it up, and bring it to overtime. Classic Hugh Jackson getting the game to overtime, and I don't think he knows what to do from there. Yeah, he's he's struggling. I have a hard time believing he's the coach at the end of the season. But um, Ronald Jones got the first rushing touchdown for Tampa Bay all season. So it took him six games, but there they are. Weird stat, weird stat. Yep. 
and that's why I shouldn't have picked Peyton Barber in three of my leagues. Mm, yeah, that one hurts. But <laughs> your final there, 26-23, Bucks. Unfortunate ending for the Browns once again. Yes. Two and four. You can still turn it around. Two, four, and one. Two, four, and one. Yeah, I can't forget the tie. Yeah, you got it, guys. <laughs> um, let's talk about the probably the most confusing team in the NFL right now, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars fall again for the third straight game to the Houston Texans, 20-7 to at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Bortles got benched, uh, although he did lead the team in rushing, and he barely played the entire – didn't even play the entire game. Uh, they're struggling without Leonard Fournette. But my big question is, did the Chiefs break the Jaguars? I think the Jaguars were already broken. Okay. Um, I mean – Oh, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. I mean, they, they've <laughs> been outscored ninety to twenty-eight in their last three games, uh, yeah. which began with the, the Chiefs drubbing. So and I'm. I, I hate to see my guy the boat Blake Bortles on the bench, but I mean, they had to get him out of there. Yeah, he doesn't look good. But uh, on the other side, Deshaun Watson was only sacked one time after his little special bus ride because his gosh darn offensive line is just. <laughs> fucking him over all season long. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, and uh, next week the Jags get to go back to London, their home turf. So oh, uh, so it's got to be a win there. Yeah, against Philadelphia. Oh, so, uh, bet the NFL didn't think that those teams would be doing this badly when they scheduled that one. Huh? Yeah, that's that's not good. What are they a combined record of six and eight? Yeah, yeah oops, it's not great. No, um, but uh, Portals is just. He's the best. He's used to be. He used to be able to actually be mediocre, and the defense would bail him out, and they pay him twenty million to basically be mediocre, and uh, it's just not the case anymore. And he actually has to kind of be worth that money they spent on him. I mean, twenty million dollar quarterback, tenth highest in the NFL. Um, their head coach says the QB spot is now open, Oof. so uh, it's Dumb not looking own. good in Jacksonville right now. Uh, yeah. At least they get to go home to their uh, their London fans. Yeah, it's it's good they get to get off this little three game slide. Um, so we'll see. Maybe a little early prediction here. Take the Jags and whatever uh, spread they're going to have because it's London, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think it's so funny that they send Jacksonville there every year. Well, and they the Jags willingly take a game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that. It started when they were not good, and uh, I just felt bad for London fans who were like, okay, so this is the product that the NFL has, and then they started to get good, and I was like, all right, let's just make London their town, move them there, (laughs) and now I don't even think London wants them. Yeah. Looking this way. I think uh, the novelty of football is what they have going for them. I can't see a full eight-game schedule there Mm. representing one single team, trying to get a whole fan base around that. I just don't see it happening, but... That's a story for a different day. Yeah, and I'm just happy I know that there is a London game next week because this week didn't know that, and Ooh. just looking at my fantasy, Melvin playing Gordon. all of a sudden. It's like ten o'clock in the morning. Wasn't ready for it. No, I didn't have any problems. I just was surprised. Oh, okay. Well, because my uh, well former co-host Jacob Muff, uh, as commissioner of my league, sent me messages saying, "Will you change my lineup if Melvin Gordon is?" Uh, out of the game because I don't want to wake up at 7.30 in the morning uh, to make the switch. So I said, uh, no, I will not. Uh, and he ended up making the switch the night before. And sure enough, he's beating on poor Jay, uh, the right. aforementioned 0-7 uh, drubbing in our league. There you go. Yeah, so sorry, Jay. Um, but 
you talked about Justin Tucker earlier. You want to get to this Saints-Ravens thriller? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, oh, first, we have to take a pause to <laughs> congratulate Drew Brees. 500th touchdown pass, fourth quarterback, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You did it. Yeah, let's get the play sheets. Let's get the video montage. Yeah. Yep. Give him everything. Yep. Uh, I actually love Drew Brees. What, <laughs> what a guy. Um, I mean, for all us short guys, we just thank you, man. You're making us look like athletes. Yes. Um, agreed. But in a serious note, I mean, that's a what a class to be in. And we all know it's history. It's Manning. It's, I mean, at least recent history. Us born in 1994. It's Manning. It's Brady. It's Breeze. And maybe... What do you, who else do you throw? Rivers in there? At least who's still playing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, maybe. But, uh, I mean, he's a great player. I always thought he kind of played the game the right way, and uh, I, I'm actually really happy for him. Yeah, I agree. Great guy. Although I'm just I'm making fun of the whole yardage oh, yeah, yeah. issue that we had the week before and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Saints 24-23, thanks to the first-ever Missed point after from Justin Tucker. I think he's like 232 of yeah. 233 now, something absolutely absurd. Yeah, just a terrible time to have your first missed extra point. And uh, and that's why when we're talking about games like the Patriots, once the they get that touchdown on the Hail Mary, game's not over. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen after that, so let's not just jump to conclusion there. But you really expected Tucker to make this. And, oh, uh, and he, he had to. I mean, I was excited for that overtime. And we just got, nope, that's game over. Saints take it. Uh, yeah, not great for the Ravens. Oh, yeah. I mean, just watching his face. Uh, and it, it has such late movement on the kick. It, it hooked bad, but yeah. it hooked late. And he was I as think, shocked as us. Yeah, I, th- I think that's literally how, how the best way to put it. He, had, he did not think in, the wildest, in his wildest dreams he would miss that kick. But Yeah, what do you think uh, job security? For Justin Tucker, uh, I mean, is he is he kicking for his job? He must be. He must yeah, be kicking for his job. He's got to be kicking for his job at this point. Kicker position is open. Harbaugh, <laughs> book it. Um, speaking of Harbaugh, we can talk about uh, Jim's former team, 49ers. Yeah. A little segue action there. That was a stretch there. <laughs> Coach, you used to coach, and then the Harbaugh. He's okay. got a brother. He, he was on. He was <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, he's he's not anymore. He wears khakis. You like that? Speaking about khakis, khakis are made in LA. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they played the Rams. All right, good segue. Yeah. Good segue. Um, poof. I'm gonna get him off. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Rams 39, 49ers 10. Rams D. They're really good. Yeah, another defense I started this week and was a great move by me. Um, they just dominated. C.J. Beathard, uh, they have no – some teams have a good backup quarterback. They're like, okay, well, we got our defense. We can still be a good team if we can just get this quarterback to do hand off the ball at the right times, little pass downs. C.J. Beathard is not that guy, and they're going to need Jimmy back as soon as possible. So yeah. It's it got to be a wash this season, right? Oh, yeah. They – I mean, they – Sent it to the woodshed after yeah. Jimmy went down, which is unfortunate. Love Baby Goat. Hope he can yeah. come back to 100%, if not close to it, and get the team back on track. But, yeah, two picks, two fumble recoveries for the Rams D, a blocked punt that ended up going for a safety. I, they had seven sacks as a team. Four of them came from Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez. Yeah, they're, it's just an unbelievable defense. Todd Gurley, dude. <laughs> He, he's just guaranteed 20 fantasy points. It's his lowest this yeah. year is 20, 20 fantasy points. This guy is a machine. He has more points 
to his name this season than the Buffalo Bills. Oh my goodness. Uh, so he's just, I mean, you, you got to stop that guy first. If you have any chance of beating the, uh, beating the Rams and that defense is the real deal. I don't understand where they're getting all this money from. I don't understand the tax luxury tax or any of that. Like, nope. uh, but they've paid cooks. They've paid Donald. They've paid Gurley. They have to pay at Goff now. I mean, they have LA money. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's got to grow on trees out there or something. I, don't, yeah, I mean, there's a drought. Maybe they just dig it out from the ground. I don't know. Yeah, something going on. But, I mean, yeah, Gurley, 14 total touchdowns on the year. I mean, the guy's got two a game. It's absurd. He had three on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oof. What a guy. Uh, what do we got left here? You want to go to uh, Washington? Little Cowboys action? You talked about them yeah. playing for the field goal. Why don't you take this one? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I, uh, I hate the Cowboys. I think it's mostly because I've heard – I think uh, it was uh, Dak Prescott went on Pardon My Take and was uh, just didn't get any of the jokes. Kind of <laughs> like they brought up like prostitution or something to him and he was just like talking to his agent, like seeing if he could talk about this subject or like just ignoring the joke and talking about his foundation. Zero fun, a, sir. I have a little sense of humor. I have some fun. And Coach Garrett. I mean, this this guy has people have been calling for his job for years. The guy does play to not lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he needs to play to win if they have any shot. Like I said, forty seconds left. They run the ball like twice, three times. Try to get a little bit closer to field goal range. Five yard penalty on the first kick. Fifty two yards now. Kicks the fifty two yards. Hits the hits the post. So I mean, it's just it, it's classic Cowboys, at least in my opinion. But uh, yeah, good game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Hmm. I mean, Washington wins by a score of twenty to seventeen. They now lead the NFC East. But yeah, what was your? Did you get to see the snap infraction penalty? Have you? Yeah, seen that video. What yeah, was your take on it? The center said that he does that every time, and all he did was just like move the football a little mm-hmm. before he's about to, and people moved because of that. So I think uh, the ref saw movement after he. I don't think they were going to call it. I don't think they were going to call it until someone moved on the defensive line. So that guy's just got to change up his tactic, I guess, and just stay completely still. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that cost him the game. I think it was coaching decisions. And, uh, yeah. Fair, fair. Interesting, though, because, I mean, if that goes the other way and it's a 42-yard yeah. kick, I think it doesn't hit the upright. I even think it goes in for 47, so who knows. But, yeah, yeah I mean, Garrett put them in that position by playing to – tie the game. I mean, I th- he made he made the right calls before that. You know, they scored the touchdown. They kept the timeouts on defense. They got the stop, got the ball back. And then, yeah, like you said, they just kind of went for overtime. And as much as I love overtime, because I want a tie in the NFL every single week. So uh, yeah, an absurd amount of overtime games. I, I, like, I figured out there was NFL OT like three years ago. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's every game. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Uh, but... Jason Garrett, maybe he's on the hot seat. I don't know. Are we? His seat's always warm, but then you yeah. realize that he's got Jerry Jones up there who has his back. So yeah. I, I think he'll. I think he'll be here next season. Honestly. Well, um, what's your take on uh, Alex Smith? Alex Smith. Is he, is he good? No, I have always not enjoyed watching him play. I was subjugated to four years of Kansas City Chiefs football on television every mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, during my time at Mizzou, and the offense that they ran was 
just boring and dink and dunks and all that nonsense. And I think he has brought it to Washington. I mean, credit to him. They're four and two and yeah, pretty good. they lead the division. So yeah, no, nothing to turn your nose up at, but yeah, I, I don't like watching him and I don't really, <laughs> not the most exciting quarterback. Yeah. He's been to a Super Bowl, so he has, yes. Turn the lights or, out on him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's jump to my most frustrating game of the weekend, the last one to be played to date. Sunday night football. Chiefs absolutely annihilate the Cincinnati Bungles, forty-five to ten. The primetime Bungles are at it again. <laughs> yeah, I needed uh, fancy again, but I needed uh, Kareem Hunt. I needed Tyler Boyd, and I need Dalton to get me about sixty points, and I think that. Kareem Hunt did that all by himself. Pretty much, yeah. Three touchdowns will help that. The Bengals were terrible. It was it was bad. Dalton, you got to get your offense. I mean, you're an offensive team. You're de- you're not going to win games on your defense. You need you need to get more uh, more attempt. I mean, AJ Green, he was just feeding them. That's every game. Mm-hmm. But you, you need two three other options, and I just didn't see that. Yeah, which is unfortunate because one of those other options should be Joe Mixon and. Mm-hmm. He was on my fantasy team as well as I gave Dalton the nod. Uh, and what did Mixon end up with? Uh, I think he he was still single digits. I think he was around eight points, um, so not great. And it's a PP, full point PPR, so yeah. that speaks even more to that. Wow. Yeah, so not not a great effort from him. Uh, we'll yeah, see. Catch everything one hand last night. Yeah, he had some good snags though. Yeah. So all power to him. He's a stud. I mean, I think he's real good, but. Uh, he is not as studly as Patty Mahomes. He had another Herculean effort. I mean, four touchdowns. And I don't know if you saw or heard Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels talk about it for three straight hours. He threw a basketball from three-quarters court as an eight-year-old into the hoop and won the game for him. So eight-year-old Pat Mahomes is better at basketball than I am to this day. Yeah, they, uh, the media loves Patty Mahomes, and uh, I think they will dig up any kind of footage they find from his childhood. Oh, he could have done baseball. He could have done basketball. Yeah, he's a, he's a shortstop. Look at how he throws. With oh. Alex, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess he made the right choice getting into football. The guy's a stud. I can't take anything away from him. He's so good. 22 touchdowns in eight games as a rookie. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's so good. Uh, first year starter, second year player in the league, you know. So yeah, he's oh, he's yeah, a yeah, uh, Ben yeah, Simmons rookie, yeah, if you will. Yeah, Ben Simmons rookie is what I meant. Yeah, uh, but yeah, my one gripe on this game was sure to piss off a lot of people, not including myself or including myself. Uh, Andy Reid, you just made the list, pal. You just made the list because the over under in this game was forty six and a half or fifty six and a half. Excuse me, uh-huh. I took the over. 45 to 10 was the score with about four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Not only does Spencer Ware trip and fall on his own accord at the like eight yard line with a clear path to the end zone, the Chiefs decide to run a swing pass to Ware to the left side on fourth and five. They do not get it. They don't get into the end zone. They don't kick a field goal. The over does not hit. Well, you can't pile on, Jack. You look, you look like an asshole team if you do that, and uh, I think that Spencer Ware thought about that when he was tripping over himself. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to think either Spencer Ware and or both Andy Reid and him had some money on the game and uh, did not need to see that overhit. 
And you know what, Pearson? I take a note out of the 2007-2008 Patriots book. If you can't win big, don't win at all. So okay. 38 points would have been a heck of a lot better than 35. Yeah. I mean, you kick the field goal there. You got to do it. Yeah. So, and one final thing, Harrison Bucker, you know, it was from 52 yards, but he missed his first ever field goal. So, you know, maybe get the kids some more confidence. Let them put one through the uprights. Watch it go through, you know, yeah, finish, yeah. finish that game. Yeah, Bucker, because I do too. Uh, no, I don't, but okay. yeah. yeah. No. He was doing well for me. Yeah, he's no, he's a good player. <laughs> um, but yeah, Andy Reid. Mm, I'm going to send you a uh, expense report list. for that one. On the list. Yeah, he's on the list. Don't Mark it down. Be on Barlow's list. No, no. Um, but Calvin Ridley could be on that list after tonight because I need Odell Beckham to outscore him by 6.1 points in this Monday night matchup: Giants at Falcons, going down to Atlanta into the dome there. Over-under is at 53, and uh, last time I looked, Atlanta was four-point favorites. I think it has now moved to four and a half, so... Is this uh, in Atlanta? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, uh, either way, I'd take take Atlanta, minus four, minus four and a half. Um, The Giants are pretty much a mess right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They can feed Odell as much as you want. He'll still throw tantrums. Uh, Saquon Barkley is the real deal. Oh, I mean, man, this, this guy's really good. Uh, you just got to feed him as much as you can and just don't put it on the shoulders of Eli Manning as much as you possibly can. That's my only advice to the Giants. But I'll take the Falcons here. I think Ridley and Jones will have a good game. Um, as far as the over-under 53, I might go under there. Yeah, I am. I'm on the fence about it too. I haven't locked anything in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you would look at last night's game with the Bengals, what are you going to get out of the Giants? That's yeah. what I'm concerned about. I yeah. do think they're going to be playing from behind, so they're going to be throwing a lot. Hopefully they target Odell Beckham a good amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go give me the Falcons at yeah four, four and a half, and give me over. I'll, uh, I'm going to think the Falcons put up at least 35 to okay. 38 points tonight. Okay. I'll say final... 38-17 over hits, and we're all happy. All right. Yeah, I'd say something around that. I might go a little lower. I'm thinking like 28-17 or something like that. But uh, quickly, all this, the huge storyline last night, they had a bunch of graphics with the Halloween spooky stuff. Dalton in primetime is terrible. Oh, you know, he is historically – I think they're 0-8 on Sunday yeah. Night Football now or something. And I will now start betting completely based on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. No. I, uh, I had my reservations. He's consistent with yeah. uh, how bad he is in primetime. Yeah, not good. Didn't help the fantasy squad. Didn't help the bank account. <laughs> so, yikes. Thanks, Red Rifle. Yeah. Um, but is that all we have as far as uh, – oh, actually, you know what? Let me ask you this. Will Julio Jones catch a touchdown pass? Because he doesn't do that. Yeah, he doesn't do that a lot, does he? No, um, I don't even think he has one this year. That's actually preposterous. Yeah, uh, I think he's I got think... like 500 yards, no touchdowns. Wow. Oh, um I, then I gotta say no, <laughs> but uh, I mean no. This this guy's a beast. They just gotta feed him more. I mean I don't know how much I haven't been watching that closely, but th- why aren't they feeding him in the red zone? Are they just running it in? What's what's the deal here? I have no idea. But Ridley he, getting all the all the tutties. Yeah, I mean hopefully he doesn't get any tonight. But yeah, seven hundred eight yards, forty four receptions. That's an average of just over sixteen yards a game. Zero touchdowns. That blows my mind because. 
he is one of the best players in the league mm-hmm. at his position. He's a physical specimen. So Matt Ryan, 14 TDs. Who is that going to? Yeah, not really <laughs> sure. Uh, six of them to Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, so new, he's almost got half of them. There, yeah. So we'll see. But, oh, Hooper, my guy. Yeah, he's, mean, he's got a couple. Yeah, he's been dominating the last couple of games. I need him to not get minus three. <laughs> well, so, I think he, I think yeah. he got a good, good shot at that. Um, that'll about do it as far as uh, football. And before we wrap up here, we're going to have Pearson lead us with some uh, little NBA action. Yeah, just a little side note of NBA. Season's just getting started, so we can get more into this kind of stuff uh, later in the season. Uh, maybe next week, later in the week. But uh, just a big story coming out of the NBA this uh, today was the suspensions came out for Chris Paul, Rondo, and Ingram. If you didn't see the fight, there was spitting, there was punches thrown, there was Ingram trying to be the toughest guy in the block when really he's just like a twig. I think he and breaks his hand just picking up a spoon or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, he gets bullied by Harden and then he's trying to fight him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I just think that you got to hit the weight room if you want to go with Harden. He's been bullying him uh, every time they play. And uh, I think that uh, I think that the suspensions were actually pretty lenient, and that means either that NBA actually likes these kind of fights. Interesting. Uh, very possible. I'm sure they got. I mean, the highlights watched over and over. And uh, I've just heard so many people coming out saying, "Oh, 15 games for this. It should be the, like, yeah, they want to affect." Either they that's wanna, outrageous. Either the NBA thinks it's actually just not that big a deal. Or they uh, they actually just think that these are two teams they want to do well in the Western Conference, and 15 games is a lot in this kind of 82-game season. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You got a take on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with the whole leniency thing. I didn't even think, like, maybe the NBA wants this. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a really good take, actually, in my opinion. Um, loving it. Yeah, that, that's a fun way to look at it. Um, yeah. I mean, Mayweather it got was, involved. Yeah, red red everyone pepper. at the everyone at the arena loved it. But Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer got thrown out of the sta- out of the arena. That's awesome. Yeah, um, giving the finger to the Rockets owner. So fun. I love that. It was, um, it was entertaining. Yeah, but it was there were some serious punches thrown. It wasn't your typical kind of slap fest NBA scrap. This was, there were some serious hands thrown. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Rondo three games, Ingram four, and Paul two. I mean, it's. That's pretty decent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to affect the season or anything, but... Yeah, it gives them something to think about. I'm sure they'll lose a game check or two. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I just want to touch on that. It seemed important. Uh, I'll be really excited to talk about the Celtics once they actually get in the swing of things and Kyrie isn't missing every shot. Um, yeah. I'm glad, actually, that they're resting Hayward uh, some of these early games, just giving them, uh, you know, feeling them out making sure he's adjusting uh, at the right uh, pace, not just throwing him in there, expecting a ton out of him. Um, and Jason Tatum, what can I say? I mean, oh my goodness. He, he's going to be an all He might be a starter, all-star, all-star this year. Yeah, he is an absolute stud. Um, we will dive in. We'll do probably like a, a little bit of a late preview per se, but mm-hmm. I mean, what, are we, what kind of stock are we really going to take out of the first two weeks of the season or so? So we'll, we'll do an NBA-heavy episode coming up here soon. Cool. Uh, obviously... The importance of the World Series starting tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking every, every Yeah, we're, we're going to be going hard with that, wrapping up the baseball season. Obviously, our socks are in there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, NFL, always huge. Recording on a Monday. Got to get those Sunday recaps in there. A little preview for the Monday night football game. For sure. Uh, love the NBA talk here to finish the show. 
Don't be afraid to talk hockey, Jack. I'll, I'll jump in. I just might not be that accurate. Yeah, not not a whole lot, not a whole lot of storylines coming out of the league early. Um, I'll, I'll fire off takes though. Yeah, here in Boston, this whole goalie controversy between sure. Halak and uh, Rask. It's just it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Don't let don't. I'm not going to run on that tangent. I won't. The one thing I will throw: Paul Korea had his number retired uh, for the Anaheim Ducks last night. One of the better players ever in the league. And they, they wore the throwback Mighty Duck jerseys. Yeah, so. That's what I needed. Yes. Love those jerseys. There you go. That's your hockey talk. There you go. That's a fight sport. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> sweaters all day long. We'll talk Mighty Ducks. Let's go. Um, yeah. So that's all we have for you today. We want to thank you guys for listening. Happy to be back. Pearson, welcome to the show. Yeah, Looking forward thank, to it. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been good. And I hope we can continue to do this. It's been fun. Yep. And as always... You can follow the show on Twitter at stsports underscore pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack Barlow underscore STS. And go give Pearson a follow if you're not already doing it. Pearson, yeah. Twitter? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's still at pierced butt, but uh, we'll, we'll get that sorted out, so we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do with that one. Uh, but go subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. We'll uh, hope to get a viewer review of the week next week as we uh, get back into the swing of things with the show. Hopefully getting to two episodes a week. Hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks for listening, folks. Pearson, any final words on your first ever show? I had a good time and uh, thanks to the listeners. Uh, We can only get better from here. Let's get it. Excellent. Let's go. Go Sox. Go Sox. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch, girl But it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway